Verulam Sports. Hello again, and welcome to Verulam Sport Podcasting. And I tell you what, I'm so passionate about the importance of grassroots sport. I know many people will already know that. And I also appreciate talking to a lot of people over the years. There's so many buzzwords, isn't there? Inclusivity, sustainability, all these other buzzwords. And sometimes you get a sense that, yeah, they're lovely, but what do they mean? Now, I'm delighted tonight to be joined by one of the directors from Koi Champion Sport Community Interest Company, who truly lives and breathes and then applies the values behind these great words and I'm excited to learn a bit more. David, good evening and welcome to Verum Sports. How are you doing? Hi Tony, thank you very much. Yeah, really, really well, thank you. Um, had a full-on day as we have been doing for what seems like forever, um, but loving every second. Do you know what? I value that attitude. I think it's so crucial in this uh, strange old time that we're living in. David, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about uh, Koi Champion Sports, but first of all, Tell me just a touch about yourself. I know you're a director there uh, and that this was set up back in November 2018. But what led you there? What's a, just give us a little bit of a snapshot of your background, if you could. Sure. Well, Koi Sports was really born out of my love of grassroots sport. Um, football was the game that um, I love to watch and I'd love to be able to play. Um, and when I reached the end of my employed career as a salesman, as an account manager, as a networker, making money for other people and I include myself in that. Um, I thought it was about time, whether it was a midlife crisis or not, I don't know, but it was it was an opportunity for me to start giving back. Um, and so when we set Koi Sports up, this was about um, using our past experience and our skills to, to create profits, which we government regulated to reinvest. So we wanted to invest those into um, inclusivity, buzzwords like equality and diversity but we wanted to go about uh, changing people's lives for the better uh, in local communities and there's no better way to try and achieve that than than to use grassroots sport which if you strip it right back as a community service um, so we wanted to hit crime prevention and first time crime reoffending and um, using sport really as the vehicle to to achieve that but we wanted to make sport affordable and accessible and that's what we do on a day-to-day basis raise money commercially to invest into grassroots sport. Do you know, I think that is so crucial because sometimes we forget just how fortunate that we are, I suppose. And, you know, you just assume that everybody will be able to get to a gym or go to a sports club where, of course, there are subs and fees. But it isn't that reality, sadly. And, you know, overcoming these barriers and encouraging this grassroots community ethos for me is so critical just for the intrinsic values that I believe that sport instills. But also, um, I know you work with some amazing ambassadors. We'll talk about that in a moment. But these guys at the elite, they didn't just magically become elite, did they? They start at the grassroots. So it's such an important kind of interrelationship, isn't there, between encouraging local community sport at a young age in order to encourage that next generation of talent. So just give me your insights into how critical grassroots sports is to our communities. I would suggest even more so now than ever. Yeah. I mean, communities are struggling, uh, same as everybody else is struggling. Um, through uh, what's been a very tricky 2020 and, and continues to have its, its challenges throughout 2021. Um, we don't really know. Uh, we like to think we're coming on, 
towards that light, but uh, I'm not sure as we are. I mean, communities, it's, it's where the heartbeat of the country is. You know, commu without communities, we become nomadic. Um, and some people wouldn't mind that, I'm sure. Um, but really, we as a race thrive on being able to mix, being able to get on with our neighbours, uh, having fun. That's something that um, thankfully wasn't forgotten through 2020, but there's very serious undertones to the coronavirus. And um, we're not blind to the fact that a lot of families and a lot of communities lost people. Um, and we believe that bringing communities together can help communities get over those losses. Um, but at the same time, um, it will bring personal benefits. It brings group benefits. It brings best, uh, benefits to the, the public and the private sector because if we come together as communities, we get a lot more achieved. Um, and we can look after each other. That's another thing that, that some people tend to and again, I was very lucky. I, um, I was always uh, sort of grew up with a rugby loving background. That rugby was my first love accordingly and played it from a very young age. Uh, but irrespective of the uh, size, shape or ball or indeed devoid of uh, a ball, for me, the fact that sport does instill the values of camaraderie, of discipline has, I believe, had a very positive longer term impact, even after my uh, playing days have long fizzled out into the background. Loving life as an armchair pundit these days. Um, and again, just give me an insight into how you are enabling and empowering so many of the people of a younger generation to benefit from these vital uh, values that sport can apply. Yeah, I think when you look at um, young people, and you look at grassroots sport and you look at semi-professional sport and you look at professional sport, no matter what that sport is, it's a very aspirational pathway then. Um, and you know, I'm, along with many other people, dreamt of being, such as say football is my game, a football player, um, a professional football player, same as you may well have dreamt about becoming a professional rugby player. What I think um, we're working towards is based on uh, a thought around how many stars have we actually missed in the professional game through making sport inaccessible or too expensive or elitist? It works against every kind of, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Every, every kind of thought of promoting aspiration. Now, aspiration could be an amazing thing, especially if, as a young person, you're not academic. You spend 10 15 years within within an education environment if the first 10 of those is spent on you as an individual failing because academia isn't for you or because you're more of a hands-on practical person because that can be identified at a very early age then day after day you're going and doing something you don't enjoy day after day you're being either told that you're not good at something or you get your grades and that supposedly proves that you're not good at something. Sport can run alongside that, which is why it's so, so important that it's affordable and accessible and therein um, a mixture of different sports. Because if football, you don't like football. Rugby, you don't like rugby. Cricket, you don't like cricket. If there's nothing else, you won't go, and the likelihood is you won't go and do sport. That stops you dreaming. That lets you fall into that bracket of... Um, I don't fit into mainstream education. That's not where my skill set lies. Uh, and if once you fall into that, 
um, then your confidence gets a knock. You don't, your ego takes a knock. You as an individual um, don't have that self-confidence to go out there and actually achieve something. And I'm not talking about becoming an elite athlete necessarily. I'm talking about being the best you can be within an environment where it shouldn't matter what color you are. It shouldn't matter what sexual orientation. It shouldn't matter uh, whether you're rich or poor. You know, you're going into an environment there which can run alongside academia or it can be there as an alternative for academia. Because the sports sector, as far as a career goes, it doesn't have to be playing sport. It could be in the supply chain. It could be in the journalism side of things. It could be in the management side of things. It could be something as simple as being a steward at a match or running your own team or being part of a grassroots sports club. So many different things you can do as alternatives to academia. For us, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer that the grassroots sports sector should be affordable, accessible, and as safe as it possibly can be. And we will see so much benefit to local communities if that were to happen. They really appreciate it. Honestly, you're just uh, preaching to the choir, and I'm sure this resonates with so many people. Um, again, because I do talk to an awful lot of people within the world of sports and uh, various different charities, many of whom are just blowing my mind with the great work that they do. Mm. And then I do talk to other people, not necessarily on podcasting form, but just generally. And I hear them talk about these type of words. And you probe a little bit deeper, and it's kind of almost like they're jumping on a brand wagon. You feel, I get the sense that you really believe in this and that this is an absolute core passion. And with that in mind, I'd be absolutely thrilled to learn a little bit more about hashtag a side and what that means and what you're doing in that regard. Sure. So we came up with that. Um, we wanted to add more letters in, but we couldn't spell a word out of it. Uh, aside is affordability, uh, safety, inclusion, diversity, and equality is what that stands for. Um, but those letters can uh, mean many other things as well. And that hashtag aside is really there um, as something which people potentially could identify with as Koi Sports uh, and what we stand for. Um, I will admit there's there's a little bit of commerciality in there because we want to make a profit to reinvest so we have to be as a social enterprise commercial um and you know in my non-creative way i'm guessing hashtag aside was uh, was the best that i could come up with but it is it's about all of those key things safety paramount you know safeguarding paramount and just whilst i'm on that tony sorry to divert a little bit but if you look at grassroots sport for me the most important role within any grassroots sports club is the safeguarding officer now that's a job with huge responsibility and from a volunteering point of view it takes a very special kind of person to want to give up their time take the risk and open themselves up to potentially horrible things if something horrible were to happen but people do it people from within communities do that we would love to be able to fund um grassroots sports clubs being able to at least maybe cover the expenses of a safeguarding officer because when a safeguarding officer leaves because their son or daughter has moved away from playing sports at that grassroots club it's a really tricky position to fill um, and so again it's not just about throwing money at sport as you might think on a professional level it's about looking at that infrastructure Tony and look at the important very very important crucial parts of a committee and saying, right, let's make that an attractive position for somebody to do. I mean, a part-time safeguarding officer is what we have. 
part-time and safeguarding don't go hand in hand. So it's those sorts of things that we, we would like to address and work daily to address. Brilliant points. And again, really appreciate your passion. Um, I'm really keen to learn about one thing here uh, that struck me is that on an individual level, people are doing great, great things. But when they form partnerships and network, that's when things uh, snowball and kind of gather a different momentum and people pull resources, gain new knowledge, share ideas. Um, talk to me about the membership element and some of the benefits of that. And also some of the great ambassadors you work with who can really provide some fascinating anecdotes of their sporting lives. Yeah, I think um, we'll re if it's okay with you, we'll reverse that question. So because it leads on quite nicely to um, one of our initiatives, the driving investment, which is the membership we talk about. We were very, very fortunate um, to have some great people involved in supporting what it is that we do. Uh, ambassadors are former elite athletes. Um, or former successful people from within within the world of sport, um, and that brings profile to what you do. Now, as I say, we don't pay ambassadors, and we don't ask an awful lot from them because a name in itself can open the door. Um, and it has to be said, not to name drop, but some big, big names. You know, Wes Morgan, elite level swimmers, etc., etc. I was impressed with Apollo Pellerini being in your order. Yeah. Just uh, before you explain their role and the networking qualities of this membership aspect, just uh, reel off a few more because, again, it is it's mightily impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, in, in the world of football, um, Wes Morgan, as you've mentioned, uh, De Nielsen, the ex-Arsenal and, and Brazilian um, international uh, in the world of rugby, Apollo Perolini, um, dual code rugby league, rugby union player, uh, Andre Snyman, ex-Springbok. And uh, you look at the world of swimming, as you mentioned, we've got um, Johnny. Um, he's a, an amazing character, doing amazing things up in Sunderland um, in and around uh, trying to use swimming as a way of and improving people's lives because again sport can be the carrot once you've got somebody attracted and, and hooked into the carrot you can then add other different things in uh, nutrition for example is perhaps not the best example to use but yeah we, we have those sorts of people um we also have uh, people like abit khan and um, he's uh, an ex-professional boxer um doing amazing things in birmingham himself you know amazing projects and, and, and doing things in, in amazing ways um, and I, mean, I, could, I could keep reading them off but I think it's important that these people are recognized for what they do to support us and, and the website um, has the ambassadors page on there um, we also have role models as well Tony um, young up-and-coming individuals from different sporting backgrounds um, and who are linked to sport all these people are really important and they support what it is that we do and will help where they can. Um, and they do it on a voluntary basis, which is to their credit. To benefit from this aspect of the great work that you do, to gain their knowledge, their insight, learn more about all these great athletes' journeys and the great projects they're involved with. And then, like I say, to pull resources, to network and benefit from the membership aspect where do we go on your website which just give us the website opportunity at this moment we'll give you another one later just hit us up with the best way we can learn more in this regard best way that you can uh, learn more about koi sports and it's a very hard thing to put down on paper i much prefer for paper or, or a website uh, the written word 
you go to www.koi sports and it's k-o-i sports sport with an s on the end.co.uk um, and just have a look around and see the different things on there because it will give you a good high level overview of what what we do who we do it with um, and, and what we hope to achieve moving forward I know these uh, membership events, uh, they happen quite regularly. Um, what, is, there, is there one upcoming that uh, maybe people could uh, learn more about in the near future? What's the, what's the kind of uh, calendar upcoming for yourself and the, uh, the team there? Of course, yeah. I mean, this might be a good time to touch on membership, if that's okay. Um, in membership itself, we, we um, through 2020, piloted an initiative that we wanted to monetize. Um, and we took on um, about 25 to 30 who we call unique individuals. Um, and initially we called them champions because they were champion core sports. Um, you know, those people were there, our eyes and our ears, looking for ways in which we could help sports clubs, but then also looking for the businesses who were looking for an opportunity to support those clubs. And so we owe a great debt of gratitude to those individuals and what I wanted to see happen was build, the building of a corporate support network around core sports, which could allow us to function, not through investment, not at all. We can, we can make our own money and, and cover our own costs, but to actually be there and talk about core sports, raise the profile of it uh, and introduce us into their networks. Come January 2021, um, or the back, sorry, December, we started uh, planning out how we could monetize that. But we were very, very conscious that Going through COVID, if we were going to be approaching businesses and asking them to give an amount of money for grassroots sport and for positive social change, there was going to have to be real value there. It couldn't just be a, let's have some money. Will you give us a thousand pounds? And even that thousand pounds, very, very scary to businesses before and after, during and after COVID. So we settled on a, almost like a reinvestment package where businesses or individuals who wanted to get involved in, in what it is that we do um, could pay um, either three tiers, so one of three tiers of, of membership, one being a Koi Sports Champion, and we put that at the equivalent of £10 a month. £30 of that would be reinvested into a grassroots sports club of their choosing on the network and their behalf, um, and we would invite them to a typical virtual networking event every month. So for £120, they got the opportunity to do the CSR bit and invest into a local grassroots sports club. Behind the scenes, we're hoping that that creates a relationship that will um, live on and, and involve a lot more than that £30. And £30 doesn't seem like a lot of money, but £30 can pay somebody's subs for a month. £30 can, pay, can buy a pair of boots. Yeah, Every penny it. makes a difference, doesn't it? That's the Absolutely. important message there. Absolutely. And then we moved on to um, double that price, but more than double the benefit. Um, so that moved to Elite Champion Membership. And Elite Champion Membership is where um, the events that you talk about really start to carry some, um, some profile and some huge business benefits. So if I just quickly break down that £240, um, that £240 is split down in, in, a, in a number of different ways. So we look to um, take £60 of that for two networking events per month. That's the inclusion of the Champions networking event. But then more of a business group meeting. Um, at that business group meeting, 
more of an opportunity to network, but also more of an opportunity um, to maybe start um, thinking about how we can perhaps do more for grassroots sport. We invite former uh, elite athletes along to those events as well to bring a little bit of sparkle uh, to that. Virtually people uh, who are our elite champions can sit in a room uh, and have a, a conversation after a Q&A with uh, the likes of John Conte, who we had on in January, former world light heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Um, absolute legend. I mean, goodness absolutely, me. Absolutely. The man is, is a true gentleman. Um, he opened up about all different sorts of things and didn't shirk any questions. When you look at somebody who stood in a ring with Muhammad Ali uh, and was called prettier than him uh, by the great man himself, and banter going backwards and forwards, okay, they never fought, um, different weight categories, but yeah, that's the extent, that's the heights, that's the profile that that gentleman had. So we saw that as a way of rewarding um, our elite champions for firstly investing, um, but also giving them a bit of something different, especially through COVID, uh, where we're locked down. Um, and then, and then uh, I would imagine that there's then another tier beyond. So continue the journey. Where, where next? If we sure. are really excited by this, maybe dip our toe in initially and then kind of want to continue this journey, learning more, gaining great insights, gaining almost priceless networking opportunities to what's the next level? Okay. Well, just before I move on to that, um, the elite champion carries more benefit than just that. So 90 pounds of that 240 is donated on behalf of the network and the uh, elite champion to Sports Trader UK, who are our chosen charity. They do some amazing work across the country. Lance Haggett, who, who founded it and heads it up, he was the BBC Sports Personality um, for 2012 for good causes within sport. A really, really top man. Um, so important that we invest into charity. Then, as with the champions, another £30 gets invested into a grassroots sports club of that champion's choosing. And then we invite both of them onto an episode of our podcast. Um, that's an opportunity for the business to market themselves socially, an opportunity for the grassroots sports club to raise their profile and talk about the great work that they do. But more importantly, ask the business why they chose to invest part of their membership fee into that grassroots sports club. Um, the marketing of, of activity, um, social marketing is so important that and, and businesses don't take advantage of it. I understand the reasons why we don't like to shout about why we're nice, but that can really benefit your business. In Do you know what's phenomenal here? Again, people talk about this phrase, but you've truly have achieved it, I believe. They talk win-win mm. and it's elusive. But, you know, really, you, you, you created something here where you're uniting partners, you're assisting uh, individuals and charities, you're committed to that focus within the grassroots infrastructure, and, uh, you know, you're equipping individuals and clubs to learn and gain everywhere you slice it. This is absolutely phenomenal. I'm intrigued. Continue on. Thank you. Um, so what we do um, at every level, and I'll move on to the final tier in a moment, is that when an elite champion chooses a grassroots sports club, that grassroots sports club receives the donation, but they also receive um, an invite to be an honorary elite champion or an honorary champion. That then gives the uh, club the opportunity to come and network with businesses who are interested in sport 
build reputations, uh, sorry, build relationships that could prove fruit, fruitful in the future on a win-win basis again for both the business and the grassroots sports club, not forgetting that the grassroots sports club is the community. Um, so then we moved on to a package which is worth £500. Uh, it's called the Elite Champion Pro. The reason that we've jumped up um, quite significantly there is because, well, there's two reasons really, um, is that we wanted to um, entice businesses to sponsor more grassroots sports clubs or to continue sponsoring the club that they've been sponsoring, even though as a business they've had to probably pull back in any spare money they had back into their business to help it survive. Obviously, you know, why wouldn't you do that? But Elite Champion Pro level, if you think the Elite Champion package is worth £240, the Elite Champion Pro package is worth 500 If you do the maths, the difference there is 260 quid. Now, we add another £40 to that to round that up to 300 That's a reinvestment of our profits again, which, as, so the business can buy the Elite Champion package, but also can get involved on a much closer level through sponsorship, but a, sponsors, a, a, a subsidized sponsorship package. If you look at £300, that £300 is really only ever going to be able to afford to sponsor um, a seven-a-side uh, club. Yes, there are options uh, to increase that amount. But if you're looking at £300, we can now start to drive that money into the youth side, the very young side of grassroots sport. But putting that money into creating aspirational pathways right from a very early age and ensuring that sports is, again, affordable and accessible to others. So that Elite Champion Pro um, is, an, is an opportunity to have a subsidised sponsorship package and encourage more businesses to continue or to start sponsoring grassroots sports clubs. This is just very, very important work that you're doing here, and I do salute you. Um, I want to just quickly ask, because um, whilst obviously this is a podcast, it's available globally. Um, my background here is Radio Vera, and we're based in Hertfordshire. And I was intrigued to notice, uh, again, we've referenced some of the Galacticos of uh, ambassadors that you work with, but a director uh, name leapt out at me, and that was Gifton Noel Williams, the ex-Watford star. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship with him and how he got there in the, with the, at a director level with you. Gifton is an amazing individual. Um, and I just reached out to him on social media to let him know about the work that we were doing in and around uh, increased participation uh, and inclusion for minority communities. Uh, and that resonated with him. Uh, we had a conversation. We went to a business meeting that he agreed to come along to. Then I invited him up to a Leicester City football match. Um, we watched Leicester. He's an Arsenal fan, so it probably hurt the fact that we won that game. Um, and we just started talking about different things. What he does is a PFA educator. Um, he's somebody who runs his own youth academy, um, young people uh, in and around the St. Albans area. Um, somebody who seems untouchable, really isn't. It, you know, and this is typical of many former um, elite athletes, not just from the world of football, but from all different sports. These are human beings and many of them understand they've been in a privileged situation. Many of them understand that they are role models and will affect lives of people they will never, ever meet, never, ever know that they have. 
because the telling of a story about how you can how you started um, your road to becoming an elite athlete people who listen to that story and look up to you these stories aren't anything special yes there's an element of luck where an elite athlete although spotted by a scout for example whereas somebody who's equally as good isn't but they all started where everybody else starts within grassroots sport yeah they get picked up at early ages in the major sports football rugby etc all started with grassroots sport and Gifton bought into that whole idea. Um, he's a fantastic individual, as, as, are, as is everybody who's involved in core sports at director level at, within the membership. Unique individuals who care, big hearts. Um, and yeah, Gifton, he was a godsend for core sports. He's opened so many doors for us. Um, and in turn, we've tried to open doors for him. Um, two or three we're working on now. So it is give and take. It's not take, take, take with core sports. Win, win, give, take, give us gain, etc., etc. Do you know what? I'll tell you what, this is uh, inspiring actually. And if uh, people listening are inspired, want to learn more, uh, where can we go? What's the best website once again? Okay. It's www.coisports.co.uk. David, honestly, this has been so phenomenal for me. I really value the values that you're making real, that you're encouraging, and that you're developing through all that you do. Is there anything else that you'd like to address or any of the excellent work within the Koi Sports model that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, it would be remiss of me not to mention um, the other side of our business, which is um, we have a director by the name of Adam Irvine, He's a seasoned and successful bid writer in um, sport and charity. And that is a paid for service of Koi Sports, but with a social enterprise price tag, if you like. But he's very knowledgeable in speaking with individuals who have plans and ideas or who are already running um, grassroots sports initiatives, whether it be charity, social enterprise or otherwise. And he will offer frank, honest and sometimes brutal advice on whether or not they're fundable. Um, he does a great job. An absolutely great job. Um, and then we have my co-founding director, my other half, um, Josh Rye. Um, Parminda Rye is his real name, uh, but lovingly known as Josh. He's a creative, and although he doesn't play a huge part in our, the day-to-day running of our business, he's still extremely valued. And he was somebody who, without uh, him, I couldn't have started Koi Sports. Um, so I always give a big shout-out shout to Josh. You know, he, he does great work. Um, and yeah, th- th- we do many, many other things, Tony, and you know, I could probably talk about them uh, for a couple of hours, but I don't think that's appropriate for a podcast, Tony. I don't want to send you off to sleep. Hey, listen, for me, this has been phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to ask you just a quick left field question. Um, I- I'm actually talking to you today from my family home in Leicester. Uh, I was always a Tiger, but never, never, a, never a Leicester fan. But obviously, when the when the league a few years back, it was. Uh, it always shocked me across social media when I saw people that I know were Man United fans all of a sudden wearing the blue of the fox. I thought, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't bring myself to do that. Nevertheless, here's the left field question. Going great guns into Brendan Rodgers in contention. It's a strange season. Can you do the double? Can you make it happen once again? Champions? Sounds good. Possibilities? Absolutely. Uh, but I think um, I- I'm going to say top four. I think we can hit third. Uh, is where I'm going because I think Manchester 
um, City and either or Liverpool, Manchester United um, will be vying for that that title this year. Uh, I just I just love watching Leicester these days because, with all due respect to previous teams, I've seen some shocking football down there uh, from the from the seventies. Um, but great owners, and I, you know, with the loss of um, you know, the chairman, I just wish them, as a Leicester City supporter or not, all, all the very best and all the best of luck, because you know they bring smiles to so many people's faces in the city and the county. Yeah, absolutely goodness me, I can remember Filbert Street and all that. Julian Joe, Jim and Speedy were my kind of early guys. Heskey after that. But again, yeah. I never became a Leicester City fan. I was always, if I'm going to be pushed on the football front, veering towards Leeds and still am. But I think you're in for a great season. I think it could be a topsy-turvy one. Watch this space. Yeah. In closing, though, uh, mm. I want to give you the space to remind us of the uh, Koi Sport website, where there's a wealth of information and you can learn more about this fantastic community. Uh, community uh, interest uh, company? Yeah, of course, it's www.koisports.co.uk. You can also find us on typical social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, and Twitter. David, it's been an absolute pleasure enjoying your company. Keep up the great work. I simply know you will. Uh, I'd like to extend best wishes to the whole team there and Thank for you, you again in closing for your time and company this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tony. Appreciate it. All the best to you. You do great stuff.